You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, February 29th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball work over at the website Just Baseball, where you can check out my thoughts on why Jerickson Profar is still not signed. That's wild. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for exclusively Padres-related tweets and thoughts. In this episode, ladies and gentlemen, this is a key thing. This is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Ooh. And today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, we got to talk about the first bad news, unfortunately, of your 2023 San Diego Padres with Joe Musgrove suffering a kind of freak injury, uh, a weight room incident uh, this uh, yesterday. Now, by the time you were all listening and watching this, very unfortunate um, and how it impacts starting rotation. I'm going to give my thoughts on a couple of spring training notes, I guess, and some players to watch for, I think, so far uh, as we kind of, you know. Continue on until we get to that lovely opening day, which cannot get here um, soon enough. Let me tell you. Soon enough is going to be too late. How's that phrase go? It's it's any soon as I don't know what it is. Someone messaged me. I forgot how the phrase goes. But anyway, reading from The Athletic, everybody, Joe Musgrove breaks toe in weight room accident. It's too soon to note. This is analysis from The Athletic saying, it's too soon to know for sure, but that appears to be the case in terms of Joe Musgrove's opening day viability. Is it in jeopardy? They do believe it could be the case. Even if Musgrove remains, resumes, I'm sorry, his throwing progression in a few weeks, that would leave little time for him to be ready by late March or the first week of April. The longer it takes for the toe to heal, the closer, the closer he will be to needing to start over. There is at least a decent chance Musgrove will be forced to miss a turn in the rotation for the first time since 2020. Now here's a note on that. For the first time since 2020, one of my notes that I talked about over the offseason is that the Padres did get, uh, while they did lose Fernando Tatis Jr., obviously, they didn't have him all year last year, don't get me wrong, but that was an injury and then a suspension. Aside from that, the Padres had remarkable, and I mean remarkable, injury luck last year. And I often sometimes get a little bit cynical about sports where sometimes it's like, well, all that really matters is if your team stays healthy. Sometimes it feels like that, especially in football. But in baseball, what we're talking about here is the starting rotation for the Padres, especially when I was first talking about this, is there's a lot more potential house of cards effect going on here. Where if they lost one pitcher, then all of a sudden it's like, uh uh-oh. You know, is Nick Martinez going to be able to do the job as a starting pitcher? Is Seth Lugo going to convert to a starter successfully? You know, how's Michael Waka going to be? Now, they just signed him, and that signing, after this uh, Musgrove news, is, makes it even more important that they brought in Michael Waka. Because without him, all of a sudden, you just have Darvish and Blake Snell, which scares you a little bit. But, you know, other than that, you've got Adrian Morajon, who's a potential breakout candidate Talked about him on the show before. He's looked okay so far in spring training. Again, it's it's a breakout potential guy, and you don't want to only bank on those dudes. And then you've got guys like Brent Honeywell, Julio Tehran, Jay Groom, 
the latter of most I am rooting for, arguably the most only because I think it would be hilarious if anything came back from the Hosmer trade to the Red Sox that actually benefited the Padres. So I'm, part, I'm kind of rooting for him almost, almost singularly because of that. Yes, I am a hater. What do you want from me? This is what I do. Um, but no, seriously, I think that with this injury, it must be noted, first of all, that Joe Musgrove, he, he's got the dog in him. That's the meme that everybody likes to share, even if it's a little bit overused every now and then. Um, this is a guy who we got the report just last week, that, or two weeks ago or something, that he resumed his bullpen session or whatever it was, despite having some wisdom teeth pulled out. This is a guy that, while the Mets fans try to pretend that it was a cheating thing, he apparently puts some sort of heating thing on him to, like, get him locked in the game, which got confused by umpires and they checked him and whatnot. Of course, Mets fans, SNY, all those people picked it up and ran with it and said the Padres cheated. Hilarious, uh, to be quite honest with you. And very, typically not very Mets fan-like. It's it's It was just very odd that they did that, in my opinion. But, um, look, this is obviously a huge blow, but I think that considering my um, aforementioned worries that maybe the Padres got a little bit lucky in terms of the health department. This is a, a fairly just slight blump. Uh, if, if we're talking about opening day, I mean, come on, it's opening day. It's 162 game season. There's a lot of season to go through. And as you saw in 2021, especially the second half depth and just it's a marathon, man. And it's, it's going to be a marathon. And, and don't get me wrong. I know that all the games count the same, but I think we should be thankful that, hey, just the other day, Gavin Lux of the Los Angeles Dodgers, really, 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 really sad injury with him going down, and it seems like he's out for the season. And I feel for that guy because he's been a, a prospect that was highly regarded and then just was like an average meh kind of player, and then it was like, all right, he showed some signs, and then he finally gets the shortstop gig all to himself. So I feel horrible about that. That stinks. And I'm proud that I actually didn't see too many uh, Padres Twitter being uh, gloating about the injury, and I don't care if another fan base would have done that to us. Just never do that. That's not cool. These are human beings. And, of course, you always want to beat the Dodgers at their best. Come on now. We're hunters. We go after the lion when we're in the jungle. You know what I mean? We don't go after the the the, the, the little uh, the cockroach or anything like that. That's a bad analogy. But you get my point. That really stinks. And that's a worst-case scenario is you lose a guy for months or potentially the year. So if we're talking about it from that perspective... If Joe Musgrove misses his first start, that's splendid news. All I care about is him getting healthy. And as they mentioned, we don't want him to mess this up and have to start over in his rehab or anything like that. That would be really bad. Um, that must have hurt like crazy, too, just by them describing it as a weight room incident. That stinks. I do think, though, overall, that uh, this is not going to be a giant thing, especially because I don't know, I don't think this is the type of injury that will impact his ability once he's on the field. Um, at least from what I understand, this is not a shoulder. This is not an, a hand, nothing like that. Not a finger, right? Like, so the way I see it is very fortunate and hopefully the rest of the rotation can stay uh, relatively healthy. And before we talk about the rest of the rotation, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. I don't know if you guys heard. We're at the midway point. A lot of discourse, load management discourse, Jokic versus Embiid. All sorts of stuff. And right now over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, it's the perfect time to download it, ladies and gentlemen, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to 
threes drain to steals to rebounds. You, you, you can act like you're Adam Sandler and Upcome Gems. You know what I mean? I want God net rebounds. I want the opening to... You can do whatever you want over on FanDuel. Now, hopefully you're not fully doing the Adam Sandler life if anyone's seeing Upcome Gems. Uh, but definitely go check it out, guys. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. And Locked On. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue talking. Um, now that the Joe Musgrove injury has happened, and that potentially if he is a if he misses a start or two into the regular season, again, not the biggest deal in the world. Injuries happen, but with Blake Snell and you Darvish, you Darvish is old, as many people have talked about. Uh, now, don't get me wrong; for the most part, he has avoided any type of giant injuries, especially in his tenure with the Padres. Now, one would argue his 2021 season, especially the second half, he might have been pitching injured. Totally possible. And then you've got Blake Snell, who, despite having a bit of a delayed start last season, finished the whole season pretty relatively unscathed. But he does have a little bit of an injury history for sure. So those two guys, instead of the three-headed Hydra, we currently have the two-headed um, cat dog. Uh, mm, I'm just not hitting with my analogies as much as I usually have. Damn it. Uh, my bad, guys. But no, seriously, you have Snell and you have Darvish, obviously. And then you've got Michael Waka, who, again, very prescient signing, uh, a, a very important signing, uh, an auspicious signing, one could say, uh, when they first made that. Because now, with Joe Musgrove potentially sidelined for a little bit, uh, that becomes all the more important. Michael Waka as a three-starter isn't exactly what's going to win you a title, but it's just for now, and I think he could do fine. And hopefully, with Padres pitching, coaching, and all that stuff, maybe they can make him better. Maybe they can replicate a little bit of what we saw last year, but kind of maybe decrease some of those expected numbers that suggest he might have gotten a little bit lucky. We'll see. Then that leaves the last two spots. Or last three spots? That's right. Padres still seem to have indicated that they want to try some version of a six-man rotation. I don't know if this rotation currently is the type that I would try and do that for. I think that last year's was different. You know, you had Mike Clevenger, you had Sean Manaya, you had Mackenzie Gore once upon a time, and you had Musgrove, Snell, and Darvish. So I think that that team actually had like six guys where it's like, well, these are all like bona fide starters who have been good before. One of them, obviously baseball is not really the concern with one of them right now with Clevenger, but then you had Manaya who had, was coming off an innings record or a career best in innings, career best in strikeouts, all that stuff. Right. So the Padres had a lot, I think in terms of starting pitching right now, I don't think even if Joe Musgrove didn't suffer this injury, I'm not totally sure how I would feel about a six man rotation only because one negative of six man rotation is this going to be a little bit, not to sports explain to any of my listeners or anything like that, but one criticism would be, while yes, it's nice to preserve your pitchers and get them extra rest and potentially experiment with some other guys, it also means your best guys don't come as often, right? I think that it makes sense maybe in the case of the Padres where maybe they're a little bit, you know, worried about what happens if injuries were to take place. Totally cool. I get that. But, you know, I would love to see Joe Musgrove pitch as many times as he can. Same thing for Darvish. Same thing for Snell. So, again, I don't know how much I am totally in on a six-man rotation, even if Musgrove didn't have, um, didn't go down. And especially considering that the other candidates aren't 
the most wild in the world. So far, it seems like Ryan Weathers, Jay Groom, and Adrian Morejon are kind of the three leaders. That's what it seems like. And so far, they've been okay in spring training so far. Um, what's his face? Uh, Brent Honeywell, he actually gave up two earned runs in his spring training uh, start the other day. And that's not a great start to him. Don't get me wrong. I think that the book is out on him, but I am still kind of rooting for him a little bit just because he was a former top pick. So you still root for maybe him to figure it out late, even if it is pretty unprecedented for someone to figure it out at this stage of his career. Mm. But nonetheless, I think I just think that these other guys are better. Um, already talked about why I'm rooting for Jay Groom. Adrian Monahon, okay. Um, and, and Ryan Weathers is one that I think is interesting. He ended up giving th- giving up three runs. I didn't watch the game totally. He gave up three runs, but none of them were earned. So there was probably some defensive miscues, obviously, there. But um, in terms of just the little that I've seen, I-, I don't think that there's been enough to kind of differentiate. The only thing that I do know is that with Groom, Weathers, and Adrian Morajon, two of those guys at least had major league experience last year, um, especially with, with Morajon. Now, it wasn't a ton. He did get hurt. But it's there's at least more experience there. While a Honeywell and, say, a Julio Tehran, who looked okay in his outing, and in fairness was good once upon a time for the Atlanta Braves, had a couple of really nice seasons, might even have been an all-star. Just crazy how these guys can start off so strong in their careers, you know what I'm saying, and then just not really uh, be able to come through. Another one is um, another Padre. What was he, who was the guy that was in right field for us last year? Nomar Mazzara, who looked like, he was going to be a super freak. He has one of the longest at home runs in the StatCast era. And then he kind of falls apart, but actually did okay for the Padres last year, I will say. He did okay at his limited time. Yeah, Julio Teran was an all-star twice. That's that, that's crazy. Uh, wow, that is so funny to me. This guy was an all-star twice. Can you believe that? 2.89 ERA one year, 3.21 the next. Yeah, I wouldn't totally sleep on Julio Teran if he balls out. He is a veteran. And managers really like veterans, especially veterans who have, you know, had some success before like him. I still think that Groom, Weathers, and Monahon are the guys to look at right now for that kind of last spot or last two spots, depending on how things shake up. Who knows? It wouldn't shock me if the Padres look at Seth Lugo and they say, you know what? We don't necessarily like this that much. We're going to just put you in the bullpen where you have already shown a track record of succeeding. And so far from what I've seen in spring training, it's not like he's looked dynamite so far. Again, we still got so much longer. These are early. I'm going to put that. It's in the podcast title, early spring training thoughts. Dang it. Very early. Uh, and I think that, that that must be emphasized. These are early thoughts. I have to give what I can on the earliest of stuff. But I do think that I wouldn't sleep on Tehran. I just think that managers, this is how they are, for better or worse. Right, I think for better, for trusting guys, giving them second chances is really important, and not just totally listening to stat heads and all that stuff. And for worse, when you're continuing to play, uh, you know, crummy players that might not be all that great, right? So this might be a criticism I had with Austin Nola last year. Might be a criticism that I had with the Seattle Mariners when they were still starting Fernando Rodney when he had like a five ERA and they kept using him as a closer, which was wild. I got to look that up. Actually, that's that. I think he was like a fancy baseball legend. This guy had an ERA in like four high four, like low fives. And he was still racking up saves because of his name and the trust that the manager had. And it was crazy stuff. In fairness, those Mariners teams weren't that great. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick sip of root beer before we get into this last segment to talk about some other players to look out for, especially one in particular on the offense 
and that fourth outfield spot. So just a second, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Drinking some root beer on today's show. Love this thing. This is, this is my biggest vice. Diet Stewart's. Sponsor the show, if any of you guys over at Stewart's are uh, watching for whatever friggin' reason. Um, <laughs> the last things that I kind of wanted to talk about. First of all, I mentioned him last week as another guy to keep an eye out. He did make his debut. He had a walk. Um, no hits, no strikeouts. My guy, Angel Felipe, who is just an interesting prospect. Maybe he starts breaking out a little bit more. The the kind of initial stats, when you look at his baseball uh, reference page, not the greatest in the world. It's not like the lowest ERA or anything out there. But he's huge. His delivery looks like a shotgun. And he throws 100 and he's 6'6". Like, I just think based on that, keep an eye on Angel Felipe this spring training for no other reason than just to be like, wow, that dude looks like the final boss in a baseball video game. This is wild. I just want to like watch him pitch, you know, just even if it doesn't turn out great, I just want to watch him pitch. Um, so definitely keep an eye on him. And again, this race for the last kind of couple pitching spots, it's really, really interesting. And the Musgrove injury only highlights it. Not something that is the be all end all. That this is going to determine the season and that there might be a sneaky all-star Cy Young waiting in the wings. I think the most likely of the bunch to really be something special would be Adrian Morajon. But nonetheless, those are my thoughts on the pitching. Last thing I want to talk about is David Dahl. That's right, David Dahl has kind of been raking so far in spring training. It's been really fun to watch. Uh, He hit a home run the other day. And... He is currently, if I'm not mistaken, slashing 300 over a bunch of spring training games. He does have a home run. He's impressed during workouts and stuff. A bunch of people have been tweeting about him. My thoughts are, my thoughts are that David Dahl, if you look at just his general career stuff, this is a guy who has been an all-star once. And again, I just talked about this with Julio Tehran. And, you know, managers liking veterans and that stuff. So, oof, if he does keep this up, it's not totally outrageous to see the possibility that maybe David Dahl makes the team as the fourth outfielder for the Padres, especially with Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to be out for a little bit, so is he a potential replacement? Every now and then, maybe they're they're looking for some pop. They want a guy who's a little bit better as a batter. David Dahl could fit the bill, potentially. And again, this is not a, we got to start this guy for a while. This is a, okay... Like Nomar Mazzara last year. That's kind of how I view David Dahl right now. And, again, he has not been all that great. This is also a guy who you could argue a lot of his um, stats were influenced by hitting in course Field. That's not really all that great. Um, you know, with the Rockies, he had one year. And it's not like he hit for a ton of power either, by the way. Um, but in general, uh, I-, I could see this just being this year's Mazzara, where he comes in for a little bit and can at least do decent enough against righties. Against lefties is the problem. Not a good lefties guy. He hit 102 last year against lefties. Uh, and then versus righties, he hit 253. So that is quite a difference. Uh, granted, um, this is just last year. If you look at his career totals, if I'm not mistaken, how do I look at his career? Do-do-do. In terms of his overall career against lefties, it's not quite as bad, but in terms of recent stuff, uh, he definitely struggles a little bit more against lefties, especially in the pop department. So that could be something to monitor. I don't know the total lefty-righty splits on every single player on the Padres, at least in the outfield right now. But David Dahl, whatever. 
That's kind of how I view this. It's it's whatever. This is a dude who could go out there and at least be a decent enough substitute when needed if you don't have Jose Zocar playing, if Trent Grisham isn't playing, and of course because Tatis is going to miss the first bunch of games due to suspension. So again, it's worth keeping an eye on him though. I feel bad that I think that the guy who would have been really interesting um, heading into spring training to keep an eye on for making the team was Eggy Rosario. Uh, unfortunately, got super hurt, and that really bummed me out because he's one of those prospects that I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be a superstar stud, but I was really looking forward to just seeing what he had. Maybe he cracks the team. Maybe he can be that kind of versatile position player for the Padres that might actually be in handy for this roster because this roster... There's a lot of guys playing a bunch of different positions they haven't spent a lot of time in before. Tatis in the outfield, Juan Soto moving to left field, Jake Cronenworth moving to first base, Hassan Kim moving to second base. There's a decent amount of like changes for the roster right now. So I think that that would have been an interesting thing if you had Eggy Rosario on the team who's like, hey, someone's struggling, maybe I can go play there, right? So I don't know, but that's not happening, obviously. Um, but again, I think that so far this spring hasn't shown us too much I know I saw some folks uh, roasting my boy that I will I will die on this hill. <laughs> I'm and I'm going to die on this hill. That's what I think is going to happen with Luis Campuzano. I think I am going to absolutely die on this hill, uh, just begging them to give him time. And you know he dropped a fairly routine ball uh, in spring training that was unfortunate. Did not look great for me. I hope that he hits an absolute nuke bomb in his next at bat just to kind of make me look a little bit better. I, I've been riding for this guy for a while. It's not just me. It's some other prospect folks too. I just don't get it. I don't get it, right? And again, this is, um, when it comes to catchers, I find that to be an even more, it's just so impossible for me to understand catchers, especially on the offensive side of things. I just don't know what they're going to do. And for me, it's just, Austin Nolan wasn't very good. Like, he can't be that much worse than him. So I know he dropped some routine stuff. I know there are questions about his defense. I know that Padres pitching staff doesn't necessarily like him. But may I remind you that they also didn't like Yasmina Grandal. Not these pitchers, but past pitchers. And Yasmina Grandal turned out pretty good. Um, and that with... Um, with what's-his-face? Um, not not Luis Campizano. Um, I forgot what my point was. But anyway, I think that... You just got to give him more time, and I think that as time goes on, we're going to be really excited about this guy. I think this guy can hit. I really do. I think that he's done it at every level. He's raked before. This is a guy who's had a 500 slugging before at the catcher position in AAA. This is not just a double-A star or single-A star. I just really don't think he's ever gotten the chance, and I don't think it's fair to judge a guy. I think they need to give him like four weeks, give him a month of consistent playing time. I'm not saying every day. Barely any catcher plays every day. Um, but just give him a consistent, give him a long leash. Cause I don't think it's fair that this guy's career started off as a pinch hitter against the Dodgers against Kenley Jansen guys that, I mean, you have to, at some point believes in somewhat of a human emotion, human emotion belonging in this game, right? You have to at least believe that a little bit. That's a tough start. It's actually pretty asinine start. Like the Padres must've not must've, they were clearly short in terms of bench players that could hit for them uh, coming into those extra innings games or the bottom of the ninth and whatnot. Like your catcher is your DH and it's a rookie who's never played before and he looks like he, he just fell behind in counts and all that. And I know he looked a little bit rough last year when he played, but bottom line is I do believe he's a sleeper and I think that he can do a lot of interesting stuff and you got to keep believing in him. 
uh, for sure. Hey, Joey Bart of the Giants, whew, that guy has a career like 400 batting average in spring training. He looks amazing in spring training. You know, there's plenty of guys that look awesome in spring training. I, I, I mean, seriously, Lewis Brinson of the Marlins, uh, Kevin Newman of the Pirates, just a couple that come to mind. So you got to be careful not to judge too much about Luis Campizano right now. For me, spring training is all about who's going to make that back end of the rotation, especially with Musgrove potentially, potentially out for opening day. And David Dahl, you know, who's going to be that fourth outfielder option, especially with Tatis out. Dahl is, it could be worse, you know, but for me, um, that's kind of my thoughts, man. I'm curious. I think I genuinely check the scoreboard and try and check to see amongst those pitchers. I really want to know because I think Julio Tehran do not sleep on that guy totally. I just wouldn't. If he has a good spring, and this is a guy who has a little bit of that name, you know, Bob Melvin will be like, hey, he's been there before. Wouldn't it be the worst thing in the world? It wouldn't. And if, by the way, if he stinks, then they can just send him down and bring up Jay Groom. They can send him down and say, all right, Morahon, it's your turn up. Or, you know, Ryan Weathers, it's your turn up. Ryan Weathers has shown some mechanical changes. So that would support potentially Ryan Weathers getting the spot, but we'll have to see. Uh, again, these are early spring training thoughts, and I imagine when we do a little bit of a, a little bit more of a spring training update uh, in a couple weeks, I'll have a lot more thoughts on what's going on, what the roster, the final roster for the 2023 Padres. Can't wait, can't wait. But with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or Lockdown Padres at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter and Lockdown Padres on YouTube to see the Tatis bobblehead and my root beer and whatever other gizmos I come up with on this here video presentation product. Uh, so check that out. Um, future episodes, going to be talking with my buddy Mark of Lockdown Giants. Sorry, not Lockdown Giants. He is a Giants fan, though. Uh, he runs the Sports Illustrated site for the Giants, uh, the Fan Nation site, so he does really good stuff over there. Going to be talking about baseball economics because I think that's an important topic given how much everyone and is just like, where are the Padres getting their money from? And Mark's super smart, so that should be a fun conversation. Going to be talking about Hassan Kim. Going to be talking about former players that the Padres could have traded for. Going to be talking about whatever other news comes out in this crazy sport. Juan Soto extension? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might even do that one for you guys tomorrow. I don't know. I know you guys want to hear about the Juan Soto thing. I can tell. Put that guy's name in any thumbnail or title and all the views come in. So, yeah. Give my thoughts on Juan Soto. Or Otani. What's next? Hey, Manny. Manny alluded to it in the press conference. He said, hey, hopefully Soto's next. Was that, uh, was he being fortuitous? I'll give my thoughts on that. Another episode, guys. Until that next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.